Hi there, this is Tell Me About Your Elf. It's a show where I interview people and the characters they play in Dungeons & Dragons and other similar role-playing games. I'm your host, Cole Laster, and today's guest is Nathan from the uh, D&D podcast, uh, D The Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen. And, uh, alright, so Nathan, tell me about your elf. Uh, yeah, my elf is actually a merfolk necromancer uh, by the name of Brimlad. Um, he resides in not D&D, &D, uh, but the 13th Age uh, RPG system. Uh, so 13th Age is pretty similar in regards to, um, I guess, in regards to any other uh, standard Roll20, uh, Roll20, D20 system. Uh, it kind of stemmed off uh, in, similar to, say, Pathfinder uh, from D&D. Um, and the main difference is kind of, I guess, about the narratives. Uh, the narrative function mainly stems from these 13 icons who uh, range along the uh, good, neutral, evil scale, just like in D&D. Uh, &D. And those icons are going to be who gives you your um, your quests and who maybe negatively impact or positively impact your characters as they're going through these quests. Uh, it, a lot of it kind of revolves around this particular narrative of 13, thi uh, 13 icons and um, the ages that, you know, maybe they persisted through. Uh, it, it basically focuses on coming into the 13th age and your characters living through it. Okay, so... It sounds like maintaining a good relationship with some of these folks would be a good idea. Um, uh, so, you say uh, Merfolk Necromancer. What? So, how did? Uh, what was his name one more time? Uh, Brimlad. Brimlad. That's it. And um, and I believe that out of out of recording, you had told me that um, surnames were not necessarily a thing with Brimlad, but rather where they are from. Where's Brimlad's from? I assume underwater. So, yep, definitely. Uh, Brimlad grew up in a uh, basically an underwater city uh, by the name of Thonis. Um, his the city actually resides near a necropolis, kind of in the middle of this sea uh, that the rest of the land kind of surrounds. Mm -hmm. um, the Lich King actually lives in the necropolis and. Recently, we found out that, unbeknownst to Brimlad, um, you know, necromancy is kind of a, a family staple, uh, but his family was offering up sacrifices uh, to the Lich King to keep him appeased. Uh, something we probably brought up that one of the other DMs brought up in our game recently. So. Oh, so, and you say unbeknownst to Brimlad, how did he take that? Um, it was a... It was a bit of a shock, mm -hmm. I think. Um, he doesn't really have a huge family connection uh, these days. Uh, his father died of a merfolk-specific disease when he was younger, uh, and then his family was sort of driven out of the city and uh, to the east. Um, <clears throat> and so they kind of reside in a, in a different city these days. But I think when he kind of found out that this was a thing that was happening, that it was his family. He was a little... He would have been pretty shaken. Uh, mm. He wasn't too happy with the idea. Uh, he doesn't have a great relationship with the Lich King. He's pretty shaky. Um, but that's kind of... Uh, the nature of relationships is uh, if you're going to be a necromancer, you're drawing your power from the Lich King. Okay, so kind of like a patron type thing, I suppose? Yeah, it would be it would be like a patron type mm. thing. Um, that said, he also uh, has a positive relationship with another icon, uh, who is the Gold Worm. Uh, they would actually kind of be on the opposite sides of the spectrum: chaotic evil, lawful mm. good. Uh, so he's he's a little conflicted when it comes to the nature of his business, and. Uh, you know who who is giving him his powers, kind of thing. So yeah, uh, especially if um, depending on how like necromancy is dealt with in in the thirteenth system, it's 
because normally, I mean, I say normally, I, I love playing necromancers or just folks mm-hmm. who deal with necromantic magic of some kind. I have no idea why. I'm still I'm still piecing that out myself. But it, it's fun. Yeah. And you can be a summoner. You can be an air quote healer, etc. And in some cases, and what I've read, it, it tends to be a villainous thing, necromancy. Um, so mm-hmm. if 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 um, if Rimlad was not too kind or not too fond of the Lich King, where he's drawn the necromantic abilities, then it seems there naturally there was going to be some sort of conflict at some point. Um, but no, that's so. And you say it was kind of a family a family shtick. So how what was the early days of Brimlad's necromant? What was Necromancy eleven oh one like? Um, it would. <sighs> Brimlad's kind of early life was uh, the life of a noble kid. Um, so his family were kind of highbrow, uh, high expectations, you should just kind of know this kind of thing. Uh, he had people that would, uh, that taught him the ways, obviously, that kind of gave him an idea as to how necromancy worked. Um, but it, I guess when it comes to uh, the his family situation they were just kind of like okay well you've got your you got your retainers and you got people teaching you stuff we don't need to teach you really anything uh, everything else you should just kind of learn you should know it's how more more folks work okay so kind of distant uh, this would be the distance between the family mm-hmm yeah okay yeah to, um, to a little bit of perspective he doesn't know how to swim um, Ooh. Because his parents never taught him, they just figured, "Oh, you're, you're, we're merfolk. You should just figure it out." Oh no! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. I was like looking down here, like at one of the questions coming up, but like I think you just went ahead and sniped me on it, just like because sometimes picking when you make a character, uh, uh, for instance, it would be like if I made an elf that I don't know, just couldn't find his way in the woods just something yeah. that should be so obvious or like a dwarf that knows nothing about rocks i don't know yeah and i was naturally like literally just about to ask so like all right so swimming right and no <laughs> no um, <laughs> wow just absolutely not so just i guess for a visual context what are exactly when you say merfolk because i'm kind of thinking the zora from legend of zelda and then i'm also kind of picturing like a fish head with arms and legs. I'm kind of going between multiple different areas. What are more folk like in, well, or I guess in a visual sense, what does Brimlad look like? Let me, uh, let me give you a bit of a, uh, a visual. Um, when, uh, so, uh, Kayla was, was kind enough to do portraits for all of our characters for mm-hmm. this session. Um, Brimlad, and I, I pulled a bunch of references from uh, kind of like uh, Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So you kind of have like their deep their deep blues um, and kind of their reddish fins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I really kind of gravitated towards that. There's something about the... Uh, something about the idea that Merfolk kind of... Um, I guess evolved from elves who longed for the sea, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the Magic the Gathering kind of ideas uh, spoke to me that way. So um, yeah, he definitely has like reddish reddish fins, um, blue scales, uh, <clears throat> and I'm not really, and I guess like kind of like a coral chest hair patch i guess you can mm-hmm. see there i was um, looking at the same i was looking at the picture that you just sent through uh and i was i guess instinctively touching my chest when you're like the reddish like we were both on the same like yeah <laughs> line there just like oh what's this <laughs> yeah all right very cool yeah like and of course web fingers uh web fingers yeah yeah uh do you mind if i use this as the promo picture no, I'm just absolutely. Go ahead and, awesome. Yeah. Like, go ahead and ask that while we're here, you know, instead of later or so. Um, so, what kind of role does he play in like a team composition? Um, 
if there is a traditional team comp comp as as far as y'all's crowd is we we have a uh, a traditional a pretty traditional team composition um we've got a rogue um mm-hmm. so we've got a rogue fighter ranger we had two clerics at one point a monk um i think uh, a barbarian we also have a very large group so sounds uh, like it uh, we we roll with i think seven to nine people um so that's it yeah so he he mainly dealt damage um Mm -hmm. and and debuff uh so as a as a merfolk uh he has a racial ability and one of i guess i should probably explain one of the neat things about 13th age is that there's an escalation die so Mm -hmm. each round that goes by uh after your first round you'll take a d6 and you'll just put it up to a one and everybody except for no everybody i think most everybody on the battle can use the escalation die and add it to their to their hit roll Mm -hmm. um and as that goes up some people's powers become more uh more effective so Brimlad has as a merfolk has an option where he can basically sing a merfolk chant and drop all of the defenses of an enemy uh, by the escalation die. Um, so it's basically hacking your hacking a certain number off of your AC. Um, okay. So he he kind of does does a damage slash buff debuff uh, function for uh, for the group. Um, our first major battle, we managed to get to an escalation die of five mm-hmm. uh, against this big bad that we were against, and I had I used this uh, racial ability and it knocked down um, the AC physical defense and mental defense of this uh, enemy by five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. No, that sounds like a pretty handy member to have on your team. That's for sure. At the, I mean, <laughs> just, yeah. Like I just use the actually just the. I'm still piecing together the idea of the escalation dice. I really like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, really neat. <laughs> just kind of a once you get warmed up in the fight, you start getting better. And I think that is a pretty. I keep sitting there thinking to myself, like, oh, I'll take bits and pieces off of these different systems. I'm sitting there going, like, all right, maybe I should just do it. Yeah. And I guess I guess at one point in our most recent uh, arc, uh, he got to play healer mm-hmm. uh, because both of our clerics were gone. <laughs> um, and he it, it was it was basically a hard no for everybody in the in the group uh, <laughs> for him using his healing spell. Yeah, uh, because his healing spell will heal. Um, well, okay. So the, the, when you heal, your character gets to use recovery die. So mm-hmm. in you know how you have your your hit dice for a short rest in D anD D. Yeah. Uh, in Thirteenth Age, you have recovery die that you can use. Um. On on rests or during battle. Uh, and you get a you get a recovery die for every level that you are, uh, but the recovery die is is multiplied by your level. So you'll say roll a d8 for your uh, for your level, mm-hmm. uh, and then multiply that by your level. So you'll say okay, one d8 times three. I rolled a seven. Uh, I get twenty-one hit points back, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and that's how healing works. Uh, mm-hmm. The downside is. Because he's a necromancer, um, channeled healing is the name of the spell. Uh, it affects a random person besides the person being healed and Brimlad. Mm-hmm. So you could take either, say, six, four uh, d six off of the enemy, or ten HP off of a uh, off of a comrade to oh. heal another person, and it's random. You basically roll the die to do it. Yeah, that doesn't sound like... Normally, I'll say, like, the best healer is the one who is there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I can understand why your party... Because normally, I, I like to play healers. I love yeah. to play healers. So I I am also e- just keen to just, like, no, why wouldn't you want the healing? Come on, like, I'm here, man. But, no, I totally... 
I totally understand this Russian roulette that you had presented them. <laughs> yeah. Um, of just like, okay, well, some of you can be healed, but one of you won't. Uh, and um, yeah, no, that does. <laughs> I, I I guess I can understand that they're yeah. where they're coming from, but I'm <laughs> also on the like, well, some of you will be okay. Yeah. Um, what is he like? So he had he had a distant relationship with his family. He <laughs> has a one. I just to, just to go with a very traditional like, dark magic, black magic style mm-hmm. of you know combat and how where his powers from. What's he like as a like? I guess as a person, like as far as is he like. Did his noble upbringing give him a certain attitude about him, or does he distancing himself from that? Uh, I would say that he's, um, it, he. I think he kind of distanced himself from that kind of noble highbrow attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the. I tend to have a. I tend to skew towards more chaotic characters, whether it's good or neutral kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the kind of person who is adventuring kind of for the sake of adventuring. Um, and if he finds people that he can kind of gel with and enjoy his time with, then he will do his best to ensure he's accommodating the best time. Um, he might be pretty, he's usually pretty silent. Um, mm-hmm. But as long as he's not ruining the situation. He's he's pretty happy. Um, okay. Yeah. That's kind of a pure cause then, just like the adventuring for adventuring's sake. Um, it a lot of folks tend, or at least in my when I was making, it seems to be like a uh, folks tend to adventure because they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes some the heart just yearns to just get out there. Yeah, and. I think there's there's a little part of him that's uh you know he uh he's kind of adventuring you know he's adventuring for the sake of adventuring uh obviously he has other goals uh one of them he's not quite sure of yet mm-hmm. um and the other is he's he's definitely looking to be you know to to make a name for himself i guess in in necromancy um so he he's got a little bit of both but is I think he feels like if he's adventuring, then the others will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of a means to an end. I will get better at this as I go, mm-hmm. and I might as well do some sightseeing in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Is he allergic to anything? Uh, No, actually. Um, like, I kind of immediately think, like, when folks are allergic to it, it's when they breathe it in. And for some reason, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, how would a merfolk be allergic to anything? Or, or... I mean, shellfish? I would hope not, right? Like, no, yeah, no, <laughs> that'd be terrible. Yeah, um, like I, yeah, I don't. Uh, we, I don't think that's ever been. I don't think that's ever come up, uh, or even, or even maybe even of. just yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I like to. Uh, a lot of where this project came from is, I was sitting around, like many folk might just. Man, I just really like my character, and I'm just busting at the seams to talk mm-hmm. about them to other people. And like at work, I would be thinking about it. I also have an issue with hyperfixating on things. So mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about it, you know, I was like, all right, so what is my character allergic to? And like, Constitution is kind of his higher stat, or one of them, but uh, I always liked to think that he was kind of that he's allergic to a lot because I feel like that would be funny for an elf to be allergic to things, particularly nature-based. Yeah. And it also made it tough for him to be a druid, too, because why would I make someone who's good at things? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. It's just like it's, it's sometimes you can add a little bit of flavor that doesn't mean a whole lot in gameplay. Yeah. Um, Is there any, like, set of rules that he follows that aren't written down like say if i were a thief i i break and enter but i don't kill what am i a monster you know like Mm -hmm. i mean he's already a necromancer but is there any where would he what is his line that he won't cross that's a really good question um i think his his big thing is that um he probably will not go out of his way to i don't think he's going to go out of his way to kill somebody 
like an innocent person just mm-hmm. so he could have say his skeletal minion with him or uh, or whatnot uh, I guess case in point um, he's uh, it, current campaign uh, anytime he comes across some larger set of bones uh, he will try and nab it instead of killing something for the bones um he's not going out of his way to practice his craft uh um i guess willy-nilly um he's he's recycling yeah basically uh okay if uh and and we haven't really figured out the logistics of this yet but uh you you can see his skeletal minion behind him Mm -hmm. um who I have aptly named Bob. Uh, of course. <laughs> and so recently we had a uh, had a run-in with a couple dire boars. And he mm-hmm. said, okay, well, you know, they're already dead. Um, I'm going to take the skull of one of them. Um, and then a little bit later, he ended up having to go home when I was DMing. Um, after I finished DMing the session... The next DM had a short session with me to say, "Okay, well, what was uh, what was Brimlad doing? Uh, I think he went home. So this is your story. How does he react?" Uh, and in that process, Brimlad picked up the rib cage of a cow and a couple other things in the preceding session. After that, uh, so he's he's kind of looking to Frankenstein things together, but at the same time, he's not going to go out of his way to kill something that isn't endangering him um to to try and build up his skills and and further Mm -hmm. his agenda i guess so i really like this because brimland is very similar like somehow i it one of my favorite things about this project completely unrelated is that no matter who i interview there's something that just relates to his third because like sometimes you never know what you're gonna need and and Frankensteining stuff together is sometimes, especially if it's, like, for instance, a skeletal minion is already determined in, say, the Monster Manual. Yeah. It's, but, like, why have a skeleton that matches when you can have, like, big old bear claws hanging off of it and also the head of a boar and yeah. and maybe even, like, just give him, like, a monkey paw so he can hold on to a knife or something. And, mm-hmm. and like, now you got yourself a pretty kick-ass skeleton. So it's 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 this just scavenger slash recycling slash modification process. Pimp my skeleton, right? Well, maybe maybe not in I guess the literal, hmm, you know, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, realize no. that pimp my ride <laughs> in the skeleton, you know, whatever. That this yeah. is necromancy, not <laughs> skeletons of the night, whatever. Um, <laughs> but. No, I, I <laughs> and I love this negotiation process with your DM because there's always one in a group, and usually mm-hmm. I am that one in the group that has to ask about, all right, can I have this? And there's like a why? Well, because I want it. You gave you set this imaginary, desirable object in front of me. I would like it, please. And yeah, absolutely. As, as much <laughs> as I've got like an empty bag. Or or a pocket or something. I'm I'm pretty sure I could pick that up. Like, you want me to roll for this? No way. But so I, I guess to I guess to give you a bit of uh, and and I have yet to run this idea past the other the other three, um, you know, player to player to DMs. But the idea was originally uh, as as Brimlad levels up, mm-hmm. so does his skeletal minion. Uh, so his stats increase um, because. Uh, each class only has specific spells to that class. Mm-hmm. So the you you create a character in thirteenth age. The next fifteen pages are all devoted to your class spells, and you know what you get from level one to ten. Um, <clears throat> so my thought on it was okay if if Brimlad's looking to push his his talents and to, and to give you know a little uh, you know and to help out a little more and to and to be better 
um, you know, let me collect these, uh, you know, these items to build a better skeleton or a bigger skeleton or a stronger one. And then, you know, let him do a ritual cast because as a necromancer, he can do all of his spells as a ritual uh, mm -hmm. whenever he wants. Um, and then, you know, if the ritual succeeds, maybe I get a, a level boost to my, uh, to my guy for that one battle. And then he falls apart and I'm just stuck with the, you know, with the boar head again. Um, yeah, the remains. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that way it doesn't break the game too much. Um, mm -hmm. And then... You don't have, like, this Scooby-style figure just following you around doing the comedic... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if I fail the ritual, then he comes back as... You know, it, 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 it still works, but he's just a regular powered uh, skeletal minion for the time that he's following us around kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I figure it's a good way to, to, to kind of showcase the idea that he wants to progress and he wants to get better. Um, but... You know, in that, there's the possibility of failure. Uh, and he is well aware of that. I mean, I'm not really sure whether he considers not being able to swim a failure or just maybe he just failed as a merfolk. I, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> things like that happen. Well, he can always go down to the Y and get some lessons if he'd like. Uh, so <laughs> I like I like this, uh, this summoner that wanting to improve on something without breaking it like i one i feel like that's that's respectful to your dm or whichever dm it is at the moment mm -hmm. or at that given moment um and and just like the wanting to go off book a little bit because that's that's something that like i in in times when i also have played a summoner there's been moments of just like okay well yeah i might be able to have an animated shrub but like what can i like make the shrub cooler or like not necessarily cooler, but just like can I maybe cast plant growth on it and make them bigger and stronger? Maybe you know what I mean. Like just yeah. kind of improve on it. And it seems that yours is already kind of built in, mm -hmm. uh, or at least built in enough to where it makes sense immediately. So there's not a whole lot of back and forth with the DM because that's all they're doing. Doing is just trying to how to say yes without it ruining or breaking the game in like three levels, right? Oh, absolutely. So, because I said yes to something a while back, and now my sister's pet dog is now stronger than all of them. I um, I do or, recall listening to that. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, they needed they needed her in the early levels, but now I mean, at one I mean, I did allow it because I'm a very forgiving DM, and as long as an idea is funny, I'm willing to run with it. Mm -hmm. But there was like a she could pick up a sword in her mouth, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like it's you're gonna make a, this attack with disadvantage though, because it's a dog and she doesn't have proficiency with a knife. Like, come on, like. Yeah. But at the very least, she kept the weapon away from the bandit she was fighting. So, um, and I guess she's just she is a Scooby Doo of their party in that she's sentient and smart yep. and knows that people use swords. I guess I don't know, but <laughs> so. You mentioned that this is a character that, like from a different campaign that you have played into this. So have you have you had uh, Brimlad for a while and and you have moved him into Thirteenth Age? Have, is this like a you had likened it to Quantum Leap earlier? Um, is this did you have to modify him for this? Uh, so okay, so Brimlad is is strictly a Thirteenth Age um, okay. character. Uh, he doesn't uh, he's not in our in our podcast. Okay. Uh, so he he was he he was born raised created for thirteenth age specifically yeah mm -hmm. and have y'all uh, have you played as him for long yeah since uh, since about January of last year okay yeah. so have you uh, so have you taken a liking to him uh, he is he's uh, one of my favorite characters I uh, I'm still I'm still trying to like figure out and see where the other DMs are are trying to take him. Uh, but mm -hmm. I was really excited about uh, about that mini session that we had, trying to figure out what he was up to while he was away uh, mm -hmm. away from the crew when I was DMing, um, and and that kind of really got me into the it really got me into the groove of oh man, now he's sort of and, and everything kind of feels starts to feel real because things were happening with him while he was away. Yeah, it's it's kind of when your character goes off camera. It's like when you know Chris Pratt goes off season to 
go film. Brimlad just went and filmed uh, Jurassic World, and now he's now he's a strong man who's now got a dinosaur skeleton or something like. It's yeah. it's it's when that happens when your character starts like you said it like feels real, and then you get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all do like theater of mine, or do y'all have like miniatures, or have you considered getting a miniature of Brimlad maybe? Uh, I do have. Oh, it's okay. So I had a miniature of Brimlad. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Past tense. <laughs> uh-huh. So let me. Uh... Let me quickly pull up my Heroes Forge account for you, and I can send it over. Man, um, I love just one. If if anybody who is listening to this hasn't used Heroes Forge, you should. I can't think of anybody who hasn't because I was using Heroes Forge before. I think I was playing just because yeah. of the fact that I was like, oh, this is such a good way to if you aren't able to draw or anything like that, just quickly get a bearing on what your what your character looks like. Yeah, absolutely. and I'll I'll sometimes go on there and just workshop like, hey, I want a bird guy. Let's do this, and yeah. and like now that they've added more bird folk stuff, now you know, uh, now it's possible. Well, um, and at the time they didn't have, actually, I, I still think they probably don't have um, merfolk stuff, but hmm. uh, they didn't yeah, have they merfolk. Lizard and bird now, yeah, maybe in like. I say lizard, but dragon. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not thinking they got tiefling stuff now and zombies, I guess. But yeah, they got all these zombies options, but not a not merfolk, huh? Yeah, not a not a ton. So we usually we usually uh, we use a chess X mat, and our enemies are usually pulled from the giant set of dice that I've got, uh, and then we've got little figurines. It's just kind of a mix of, of whatever's in the house. Um, but. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's the guy that I that I drafted up. Uh, I ended up having to repurpose some uh, Dragonborn pieces for, like, the top fin and the, and the yeah. ears. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up working out pretty well. Like, an, I used, like, a high elf face. Um, mm. And, yeah, it, I think it, uh, in the end, it, it looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I, even though, like you said, there's no merfolk stuff about this. This is just close enough to where like the illusion is there, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's what's most important. Yeah, I was pretty, I was really happy with it when it uh, when it finally came in and was able to use it. So, mm-hmm. so what happened to it? Um, it it got lost somewhere. Oh. Uh, we <laughs> we usually get all of our miniatures uh, at the place that we we play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it one day it was there and one day it wasn't. Oh yeah, it was sad. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so sorry to have brought it back up. Like <laughs> it's because I would be devastated. Because as like a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, my partner got us both of our characters from mm-hmm. Heroes Forge, and I keep them in like a little Chessex container. Because if anything, because they're the only miniatures I have. Well, okay, no, I got some werewolves over here. But uh, it, if you know if anything happened to them, if somebody was responsible for, I'll kill them. These are my children. <laughs> like so, it it just he, like you su- just suggesting that something could happen to them is just like oh no, yeah, like, almost afraid to use them in a game even. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and I'm the guy who was like, it would it would be ridiculous to cast them in metal, which might be a good idea if I'm so terrified of them something <laughs> happening to them. <laughs> but um, just kind of like that, the the toy is so nice you don't want to play with it, but um, <laughs> then you're not playing with it, and it's yeah. still a toy. So, uh, have you considered what he sounds like? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I used to use a. Uh, I say used to, but I mean I I do here and there still use a like a New Zealander accent for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt it kind of fit a little bit in uh, in the fact that you know the Merfolk were kind of living just off off of an island just south of mm-hmm. this island called Omen, um, and uh, a little bit east of the the necropolis, so. Uh, kind of tucked in between these these two islands in the middle of the sea, and I was like, yeah, I mean, 
you know, New Zealand's kind of out there. And also I had totally just come off the high of Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, there of was course. that. Um, <clears throat> and it, yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of fit. Uh, it was also a lot of fun using that, uh, accent to, to, you know, swear at his, uh, um, his elder god hatchling that he kind of keeps around as well so mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it, it was it was kind of one of those things that that resonated a bit with me in the in the idea of like you know what what do merfolk really sound like um not really think, a whole lot i do think like new zealander and or like islander style accent would be almost appropriate i don't know if it's just the the tie to the ocean that many like Pacific Islander cultures have to it in that it is, you know, it's there. The mythology is <laughs> all ocean based or at least very strongly ocean based that it kind of makes sense to me. And, and, and I guess from, I guess my point of view, which is nothing, but it, it's, <laughs> you know, like because I'm the one who makes these rules, right? No. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I like the idea of just the, the, what's well, a little like, where where is where do you like i'm gonna say i here the royal i mm-hmm. um like where do i think he's from well it's a little south and east of this well what else is south and east of something <laughs> in like yeah. new zealand Absolutely. is that yeah. of australia and just this uh likening australia to a necro- necropolis if if on purpose or not i think is hilarious <laughs> but um at the very least because i did i did something very similar with um my first character and just like, well, where do I think this is or where am I imagining it? And well, hell now that I'm making an episode about him, I guess like Lazarus and I won't actually edit it out um, his name, but cause for some reason I was more protective of his name than my own uh, <laughs> <laughs> weird. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, well he's from downtown Neverwinter. That sounds about right. Neverwinter sounds big. Uh, that sounds like a big city because I knew nothing, of course. Yeah. And I was like, well, Neverwinter, that's New York, right? Sure. Uh, okay, so he's from the Bronx. Like, he's from Brooklyn. He's from the Bronx. He's from one of these, like, smaller boroughs that is not mid main or, or Midtown or I say Midtown, but that's Atlanta. But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's still just like this. And turns out that, of course, uh, like I even pictured Queens, even just something smaller and just mm-hmm. kind of a lo- little bit tighter. And um, turns out that Neverwinter is not anything like New York. Surprise to nobody but me. And uh, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, whatever. Well, my Neverwinter's like this. And that's that's that was the moment I started going off book. Um, and so, how does he feel about the ocean? He doesn't like to swim. He's distant from his family. I feel like like. Like some people like to go to the mountains for their vacation. Would yeah. he still like to go to the beach? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. So he he has this ideology that the currents will take him where he needs to go. Uh, oh, that's good. And he, you know, the 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 air quote narrative notes, the currents mm. never took him where he needed to go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is about how he sort of ended up um, in a contract with you know maybe one of the last uh, hatchlings of an elder god uh, nest, um, and he he kind of just like oh I know the currents you know I've I've seen this ocean a million times now because I can't swim and the currents take me where I'm gonna go but this is new this is dark mm-hmm. oh there's this little thing here. Um, but yeah, he he fully embraces the fact that he can't really control where he's going as soon as he hits a current, and he can't really control where he's going if he gets in the water. Um, but he just so thinks he, that's normal. He just kind of floats along. Yeah, just floats along, and he and he thinks it's normal. Like uh, he doesn't. He might not have the greatest relationship with his parents, but the one thing that they told him is that the currents will take you where you need to go. And that stuck with him his whole life. Uh, have you considered cosplaying your character? I like, have not. Do, do anybody at your table, do y'all have any, like, trinkets or any, like... Uh, I, like, baseball players have lucky underwear. Do you have, like, things that kind of either symbolize your character or things you bring to the table for your character and or, the, I guess, an extension of the cosplay question? 
Um, I mean, I haven't thought about cosplaying my character, but now I'm kind of thinking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it. I mean, I guess at that point, the only people that would really know who I'm cosplaying is, you know, uh, your party, my my party. But yeah. Um, that's always the that's always the drawback is like you know what this character looks like or at least at the very least you are the person who's gonna most know what this character looks like and unless yeah. you know bar absolute stupid representation like every like story of song and time everybody suddenly knows who your character is a la Batman yeah you won't get the recognition but there's you know some or at least for myself, it was always like, well, live action role play is where I, that's where my line is. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, I'm also the type of person who's like, well, my character has like, or at one point he was canonically a doctor. So in his earlier, he would, and he's not like an adventurer, he would still have his doctor's coat. Mm-hmm. So like I wanted a doctor's coat to wear at the, at the table because that was something he had. Um, or he would have like, <laughs> uh, he had a revolver because it, it was funny to me that like in this world of magic and swords and stuff like that, uh, and dragons and such, my character was a doctor who ran out and basically made a go bag and now needed to leave and just like had a revolver, even though he could cast fireballs and stuff like that. Like I, that was just funny to me. So I would have like a little, like nerf gun at the table or something like that. And so, uh, and it's, I, I'm also like in, in other wheels, I like to cosplay and stuff like that. So that's Mm. always the first step I go is like, okay, so what would this character wear? What could I do? Um, even if, you know, I'm the only person who knows. And and I did my first cosplay Mm. like last month. (laughs) So, I mean, the the idea of it is exciting to me. Oh yeah. Uh, Like, but I, yeah, I never, I never really thought about that actually. Even like Ren Fairs, um, I noticed I, I had only been to one at some point, and uh, before that, I had been to a convention. And when I went to a Ren Fair, I was like, "Are you like?" I think I asked one person, I was like, "So are you dressed up as anybody?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm like no, just just wanted to wear this." And I'm like, "All right, hell yeah, you don't need an excuse at all. Cool." And cool. and then I started seeing folks who were going. My cat is in my lap, just furiously chewing at my shirt buttons, and I really appreciate it, honey. I've been trying to like play it off at this point, but she is bound and determined to get to him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm trying to like push her away. Uh, so, but yeah, like uh, some people just I've seen folks online who just like I dress I, when I want to dress up as my D and D character. It's usually at a ring fair where mm-hmm. like you don't need that excuse or anything like that, and. Maybe a merfolk, you might turn some heads as far as like at a Ren fair. I don't know if uh, merfolk are usually in attendance there on land, <laughs> but uh, I also think it's one of those new rules just right kind of place to bring it back to Australia and the Outback. But um, do you have any special dice for Brimlad? Um, <clears throat> so I have a set of dice that I've used since... Basically, since I started playing uh, mm-hmm. just over a year ago, um, and they are a set of red and black um, multicolored uh, dice, mm-hmm. um, just your your typical chess X set. But they are, and they've got like they've got gold le- uh, numbers on them. Mm-hmm. I use those dice when I DM and when I play Brimlet. Nice. Yeah. Keeping it simple, like one yep. set. One I, one set. Oof. I did, all however, the, all get the good a, uh, rolls, the bad rolls, they're all warmed up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. You know, they're I uh, I referred them referred to them as my uh, TPK dice at one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we and this was this was more when I was playing as Brimlad, and for whatever reason, I was I was getting some really decent rolls. I think I ended up with three nat 20s in the in the session and i was like i don't know how i'm doing this but these are officially my tpk dice if i'm going to keep using them Mm -hmm. dming uh luckily enough i did not they didn't roll as well for me when i was running the game so (laughs) i've noticed that i i i tend to have 
some that I don't necessarily love them, but I can I have a feel for them now, and I keep those for when I'm playing as a character, and then all the rest of them I use when I'm DMing. Like, I, I don't know why. I think it's just because I like bad rolls sometimes, but I'm also the type of person that, like, I've already predetermined that my character doesn't have the greatest stats. I want the best rolls I can get, please. Yeah. So, and, but, oh, I just can't. I I have a ton of, like, I don't know what it is. Like, once I, I'm a collector. Like, I, like, like there's a reason why I relate to him collecting bones and such. I just really like <laughs> having a lot of dice on hand for some reason. And I think it's just that natural, like, oh, you just rolled a one. I'm going to let you sit to the side for a little while. You can think about it, and I'll go to the next one. <laughs> you but, think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah, you did this, okay? Um, but, you know, it's it's... I think it's funny the superstition that goes in with dice in that there's there's no right way, there's no wrong way to do it. And, and everybody's just got kind of a slightly different way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's the real hard-hitting question. One that we might we might use this one as a roll out. Um, what's his favorite snack? Favorite snack? Oh, Is he man. a sweets kind of guy? A savory kind of guy? Um, you know... I, I would expect that he's probably a sweets kind of guy, considering that he's breathing salt water most of the time. Ooh, um, God, that's that's the most savory. I didn't even think about that. Right? <laughs> uh, so he's probably like, I I need something sweet. Like, Do this. not give me a pretzel for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. Um, although we haven't really determined kind of what kind of sweets exist within... Thirteenth mm-hmm. Age uh, within the world that we're we're living in, uh, so, but probably a sweets guy. Definitely, I I All think right. that uh, growing up in the salt water would kind of give you a bit of a taste for something else. And and you know what? Like, I I have not asked that question yet, and I had no idea where. It, but you were you were entirely right. Like, just imagining it, just like we how lucky we are that our air for the most part, is not flavored, I guess. Like, because I feel like that would get old real damn quick. <laughs> yeah. Or we'd never know, I guess. Maybe our air is flavored and we just are so used to it by now. Yeah. Um, oh. But... <laughs> the answer is out there. But... Um, so I guess I guess we can wind down here. Uh, so if you'd like to plug anything, like of course I mentioned at the top of the show that you're part of DM's Test Kitchen. If you'd like to talk a little bit about that, or give us like some parting thoughts about Brimlad, or where where you think he's gonna go, as far as how you said that there is a goal that even he doesn't know. If you'd like to expound on that, sure. or or just natural plug in Twitters and stuff like that, the floor is now yours. Awesome. Uh, well, I mean, you you already kind of gave us the give us the plug at the at the beginning there. Uh, I guess uh, one of the one of the things that I guess expanding on the the thing he doesn't know. Um, you you can see in the picture there he's got like a, a little Cthulhu head that floats around with him. Um, yeah. That was part of his uh, his unwilling un I guess unwilling ocean explorer situation uh flowing with the uh with the currents mm-hmm. um and he he basically made a contract with it saying you know what i'll help you i'll help you get to where you need to go um if you do something for me and he just kind of shrugged and said yeah okay uh so there is a uh there's a plot line in there somewhere uh, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> that people will be that the other that the other DMs are have been chatting about mm. uh, that they'll eventually bring up. Um, they've already sprung one of my plots on me as well with uh, his his previous, I guess, with his ex lover. So mm-hmm. uh, basically, rebuilding a cult to the Lich King when he's sort of loyal to the Gold Worm. Oh. Uh, so, oh, I guess one of the one of the talents that I didn't tell you he has, because the classes do have talents, mm-hmm. um, is when his uh, skeletal minions uh, die, they explode into holy light. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so it's it the the talent is called a uh, I guess it's I think it's a, the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Um, so his whole thing is okay. Well, I don't have a very good relationship with the Lich King. I just don't like him. Uh, I just found out my family was sacrificing to him to keep him uh, happy. So now I'm really starting to shift towards the whole Redeemer Necromancer type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think he's got a lot of uh, a lot of interesting uh, plot points that'll be will be fun in the future, uh, especially you know having a growing elder god hanging around with him that he really doesn't understand. I don't think uh, that could be a position that any of us would understand. Uh, <laughs> at the very least, you know, <laughs> just having uh, uh, this kind of contract that sounds like he might be in a little over his head. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, he he kind of abuses the thing a little bit uh, when it bugs him. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets into his head. Uh, he he refers to it as uh, just as Steve because uh, he doesn't want to use his real name. Um and he's just kind of like, okay, Steve, whatever you say, I, I don't want to listen to you right now kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a the extra flair and the extra story um, exposition, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This sounds like at the very least, like, um, like you said, how different plot points, having different DMs kind of mull over that, honestly, again, another idea that... You know, multiple heads are better than one, and it, it can really help provide the players with a very quality experience. Or at mm. least I, I hope so. Um, that's what uh, my hypothesis is, at least. Um, but I definitely appreciate uh, you getting back with me, of course. This has been great uh, hearing about your elf. I, you delighted me with my first real necromancer. <laughs> and I can't wait to steal half these ideas for my characters. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> but it's 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 nice to have a fellow. Uh, uh, I can't say fellow because I can't say I'm a real one, but because that's that's a weird place to go. But <laughs> no, I, I it's as a person who gets teased by his partner about all the ne- necromancer adjacent characters he plays. It's it's nice to have a fellow <laughs> necromancer <laughs> or, enthusiast. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> But um, thank you for coming on so much. And and um, like before, this is Tell Me About Your Elf. And thank you for telling me about your elf. Yeah, thanks for having me.